People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Here we are again in the Brothers Talk family den, kitchen, barbershop, backyard, corner, or wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism around support for the Black community. To the first-time listeners, we're glad you've joined us, and we look forward to your becoming long-time listeners and helping us spread the word about the podcast and what we're doing. Everyday critical thinking for us as the Black community becomes more important, more relevant, and more necessary because of all the issues that we, the primary group that's thought of as people with color, face. If we don't challenge ourselves daily, if we keep from losing ground with while other ethnic groups continue to get ahead. Sorry to have to break it to some of you, but the truth is it's all about race because racism is baked into every system in this country and around the world. And if we don't open our eyes to that reality, we're setting ourselves up as easy marks politically, economically, socially, financially, and even ecologically. We just can't continue to let those who don't possess the greatness of our heritage keeps on stealing from us while we're complicit in the theft. Know who you are, my brothers and sisters, and you will know that our best is still ahead of us if we do the work of using our minds to acknowledge and then address our problems. And remember, let's keep the focus on Black love and building self-sufficiency through our relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide one household at a time campaign. We're continuing to focus on expanding the number of Black-owned businesses, both inside and outside our community. Support them with your dollars and with your words and time. And while you're at it, you might be surprised at just how many people from other ethnic groups are looking for opportunities to contribute to our communities by buying Black as well, their own personal form of reparations. Lastly, COVID is still with us, even though the guidelines are being relaxed all over the country. People are still being hospitalized and dying from the coronavirus every day, but too many of us have let our guards down. So if you still haven't gotten your vaccinations, it makes absolutely no sense when the CDC is now recommending a third booster or a fourth shot to protect you if if you're over 50 or in a high risk category. And keep wearing your mask in public places and crowds until the threat is gone. If for no other reason, they also help protect you from other airborne diseases like colds and flu. Stay healthy, people. We may be closer, but we still aren't there yet. And before we jump into this week's topic, we want to give a special shout out to last week's guest, Hillsborough, New Jersey High School Social Studies teacher Bob Finster, who was just last week selected as one of only five career teachers to be inducted into the National Teachers Hall of Fame as a member of the class of 2022, the 30th induction class for the organization. Hope this adds a little more weight and credibility to what Bob's doing as an anti-racism combatant. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Hi, family. Thank you for your continued support, as usual. Um, The number one thing that I keep talking about is the possibility of another surge with COVID. 
and look like we're on our way to that. You know, because of spring break, I know the next two or three weeks is going to really, really make a difference. So I hope that we get out there and take care of each other, wear your mask, be safe, think about other people, and go out and support black businesses. Norm? Thanks, Scott. And I'm going to keep this really short and simple, brothers and sisters. You know, this is about black family, building black communities, building a black nation. Let's work together and do this. Rod? So this week, we're doing our best to try to stay above the fray, but it's like the old line from the Godfather. Every time we try to get out, they pull us back into it. And what I'm specifically referring to is the utter nonsense that is still fixating the black community around this Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Chris Rock incident at the Academy Awards. With all that's going on in the country, with all that's going on around the world that truly impacts the black community, why are we still allowing ourselves to be sidetracked, our attention to be focused on three individuals whose entire lives mean less to any of us than nothing? And so while there are everyday instances of police brutality and still unarmed killing of Black people, while we still have the highest unemployment rate, and why are our communities still being decimated with, with poor ecological situations like asbestos and poor drinking water, things that really should concern us as a people, why are we still fixated on celebrities and the nonsense that was the event that happened at the Academy Awards. What say you guys? You know, it, it, it is confusing. It's disappointing that once again, we are following the shiny object, you know, something that doesn't even matter, doesn't impact any of us on a day-to-day basis. Uh, people are so caught up and tied up into what is happening to rich Black people who brought all of this on themselves. You know, you got a family that been needing a timeout. The whole family need to have need a timeout. And, I, and hopefully this is going to cause them to step back and have one. But, you know, I doubt it uh, because they, you know, they like the limelight so much. But it's distracting us from not holding people accountable, not holding the elected officials accountable. They just celebrated this Supreme Court justice because she was black. And. You know, to me, it is not pure black. You know, give me somebody who may have got a black spouse because you're not really living in the world that most of us live in uh, because, of your, because of your statue and, you know, you're, you're married to probably a successful white guy. And But yet and still, there's nothing coming from the black community about, you know, who we wanted. You know, nobody asked us. I never heard nobody say, well, black folks really, you know, I know that Clyburn uh, wanted the woman from South Carolina. You know, I was okay with her. But on as, as a whole, I didn't hear black people saying who we wanted. Did, you know, did we get an opportunity to voice our opinion? Well, as usual, you know, again, we don't ask for anything. So that's exactly what we're going to get. But I just wanted to mention in our community, we put, entertainment above everything, above education, above any kind of knowledge and what have you. You know, we do not read. We do not look for information. So when something like this happens, the Democrats or either political party 
could basically put through anything they want to, and we would be oblivious to it because we just don't pay attention. Well, you know, you both made really good points, and I want to try to just take a stab at both of them because, Scott, you couldn't have been more correct in one of my objections to looking at why with both Kentanji Brown Jackson and Kamala Harris being the two highest ranking black females in government, that what message does it really send that they both have white spouses? You know, this has long been a source of contention in the black community. And granted, we all know about Uncle Clarence and we know that he has a white spouse, but that much, nobody really looks at him as any kind of iconic figure. But we know that we've heard forever about sisters in the community trying to use the excuse that there are no good black men around. And so if they can point to these two as exceptions for why they should all be able to then start dating outside the race, what message does that send? And then, Norm, you're absolutely right. On the other side, I think, though, I'd make a slight adjustment to it, is that there are certainly people out there who do read and who do want to have a deeper conversation, but the powers that be have decided that entertainment and sports are going to be the opiate they feed us to keep the majority of us from getting exposure to the Ibram Kendi's and the Angela Davis's, you know, they're still out there writing and still bringing the, the whole information spectrum, but, when was the last time you saw them versus Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Lil Wayne, Lil Nas X, and that nonsense? You're right, Rod, on, on, on all accounts. And it's like, you know, what, what did that say about us as, uh, as Black people, you know, as, as a community, you know, or all we're a community? You know, what's important to us, you know, is, is entertainment and socializing and and, and, and that type thing, if that's more, is that more important than trying to make sure that you're living in a safe community, you know, that, that people respect black people and we're getting the same kind of opportunities that everybody else, uh, other, other groups are getting and look like um, we're just not um, fighting for those kind of things, but we're fighting this nonsense with Will Smith that he brought on himself. You know, I, I see what the Academy suspended him for 10 years and yet people are calling it racism and and you know they just doing it to him because he's you know hey he brought that on himself and so we've been distracted by that but why aren't they fighting as hard for things that are going to benefit the black community and what i find ironic here is will smith hasn't been a voice for the black community Right. Why would they even waste a minute, second, or hour defending him and his punishment, which really, for what he did, is right? You know, that's another great point. Both of you made great points again, because, you know, we're out there with our group on Facebook and so, and Twitter and Instagram. And so we see that you can instantly get clickbait, you can instantly get people to weigh in on any opinion that's out there about this whole Will Smith incident, but you post something out there that comes from Ta-Nehisi Coates or some other issue that really impacts our community. If you get one or two people out of thousands 
who will actually contribute to that conversation, that's a good thing. But you can't follow the number of folks who will respond to the Will Smith situation because after a while, it's just too long to try to follow the thread. Yeah, and that's what the problem is. You know, it's just like um, one of them, those never ending uh, ending things. Uh, I want to go back a little bit about that. um, When we talked, and I talked about that selection of a first black woman to be on the Supreme Court and how, you know, we didn't have any input. You know, whose fault is that? You know, is it is it the black uh, elected officials? You know, is it local leaders or us individually? I mean, you know, why we always got to talk, we think about these things after the fact. You know, Scott, that's an excellent point. And you taking me back to the caucus. Why didn't they come together and be the voice of our community in regards to picking that person? Scott right. and Norm, th- both of those are just huge points. And I'm glad you circled back to that, Scott, because it was something that you said the first time that I also wanted to jump on with you. Because as you said, the whole time Biden promised that he would select a black female, but he made it about his selection, even though once again, he told us after his election that he would always have our back. But if you don't then come to us and ask us for any input of the process, then you're no better than the other guy on the Jones plantation who decides he knows what's best for us. Exactly. And that's the way he's behaving to me when it, it, when it comes to black people as a whole. I mean, since he's been in office, that's how he's been behaving. But everybody else who have the political uh, power, like, you know, those Asians and we outnumber them like, you know, about what 10 to one, but yet they were able to make them just immediately put that bill out there. And we've been getting brutalized for freaking centuries. And they just passed a lynching bill. You know, I'm like, wow, is that supposed to be like a consolation to us or what? But, you know, we just don't have the, um, we don't have voices there. We don't have the right voices uh, speaking for us right now. Which is true. And again, uh, you know, I'm going to point back to the Black Caucus in regards to having any voice. I mean, we have enough people there to come together and at least stand behind a candidate for the Supreme Court, which they, they, they didn't do. But um, Scott, excuse me, Scott, you said something earlier regarding the celebration that our community had over this selection for the Supreme Court, the confirmation. And how can you celebrate someone who is really not going to represent you or your interests? Right. That, that's, the, that's the sad part about it. That's, that's what was just, I was just in shock that they were even doing that. Well, that's also why they know they can try to pacify us. And the unfortunate reality is for what seems to be the vast majority is that they do give us those lollipops like the anti-lynching bill. It's like, okay, here we are 400 years later and you just getting around to an anti-lynching bill. Look, most people know that lynching is against the law and really should be prosecuted to the hilt, but you put 
a bowl on top of some horse manure. And we're supposed to be happy about that. And what you said, Norm, was also right on point. It's like you had Cory Booker and, and sitting there during the hearing. We're going to talk about Uncle Timmy, who just sat on the other side and actually voted against her. But yep. the bottom line is, what was Booker's input into uh, he's a member of the black caucus. So where were they? What did they have to say? Were they even, there's nothing that tells us they were even consulted on who any of these nominees were. That selection to me uh, sends a message to uh, the rest of black power structure, just black folks in, in general, you know, if you want to play, if you want to be a part of playing this game, your spouse has to be white. One of y'all got to be white. And and that's looked like what we, you know, what, what's going on here. You know, look at who Barack Obama was surrounded by. You know, uh, those uh, multicultural, multiple different race marriages. And if you're Black, look like that's the only way you can be uh, a part of that club. Well, they know who they can control and they know who's really in their, their corner of the party. And um, they have a history with these people. So they really understand the game. And um, so they can easily promise you a black face and deliver one. Yeah. But the, you know, but the politics and policies are just not going to change. So there you have it. This is who we are. We are the brothers talking. We will not go for the okie doke. We will not be sidetracked into looking at the truly unimportant when there's so much important for us to really be addressing when we talk about needing to think critically. So in our Black Business Spotlight of the Week, it's only been three years since twin brothers David and Aaron Cabello launched Black and Mobile, the first Black-owned delivery service, and they've already expanded to four more cities, and they plan to add more. Black and Mobile was founded in 2019, initially offering services in Philadelphia only. Since then, they've exclusively partnered with Black-owned restaurants in the community to provide them with advanced technology and connect them with more customers. In 2020, the company expanded its services to Atlanta and Baltimore. Most recently, they also brought the business to Los Angeles and New York City, having five cities in total so far. Now customers in those cities can support Black-owned restaurants by ordering food through Black and Mobile and having it delivered to them. Moving forward, the company, which helps 50 to 75 Black-owned restaurants generate a million in sales in three years, they aim to partner with 250 Black-owned restaurants across the country and help them generate over a million in sales each year. For more information about Black and Mobile, visit blackandmobile.com or follow them on Instagram at Black and Mobile. That's a wrap for another program, and God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Don't forget, you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next time, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest that we'll never take it or you for granted. So remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.